Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Same as you. Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for the Yellow Jackets or just Yellow Jackets, know the on Showtime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 2, Episode 7, Burial. Uh, Aaron, a lot of good music in this episode, I gotta say. Oh, man. A couple, couple of real bangers. Uh, yeah. What'd you think of... jams. What'd you think of the episode overall, though? Uh, I really... I, I liked it. I... We got... Now, I don't know if you will, because there's a certain part in the episode... Where I was just in the tank. Hmm. Uh, it I hit a what David Lynchian about. gear that I found really, really interesting and expressive and liberating and funny and hmm. extremely well executed. And I can see if you're like, ah, this is fucking weird. I don't know. And like, I don't there. It's I feel like this show is just almost like expertly paced. You know, just as people are like, I feel like getting impatient with like, when are we going to get to the cannibal stuff? When are we going to get to the really feral stuff? Like you can just see, at least I can, the slow spiral Mm -hmm. and the savagery that we saw at the end of this episode kind of changed how I felt about Shauna. Um, So, yeah, I, 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 I thought this episode was incredible. What about you? Uh, Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I, I, I know the part you're talking about, and I guess I didn't see that as Lynchian because I actually understood what they were trying to say. <laughs> uh, with Lynch, I tend to have no fucking idea what he's talking about because he's not talking about anything. He's trying to paint an emotional picture, but uh, this I felt had an actual narrative, you know? Um, and that was maybe the standard. I, I love... I guess I love what they're doing with Misty at all times. She remains my favorite character uh, to watch. And I I like the way they express her inner thoughts as sort of, you know, weirdly cheerful and like, uh, I, there's a darkness to everything that's going on. Like when, when she's, you know, interacting with other people or in this case like interacting with herself there's always that tinge of darkness but it's like candy coated and it's very Tim Burton I I really love it I really love that character everybody else will have a vision and it'll be super fucking dark right like Shauna's visions of everybody eating her baby or the coach's visions of his his lover leaving him and then kicking him out of the house and all this stuff and hers are just this weird saccharine sweet but you know a bitter center to it all I just yeah. love it. It's to, even when it, even when she is feeling a regular human emotion like love, there's mm-hmm. something unhinged and sinister about it. Yep. Yep. And you saw that like the phone call. Uh-huh. Uh really really <laughs> ran off the God. rails about halfway through the 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 voicemail. The voicemail. Uh that's that's the worst part. It's a fucking voicemail it can be played infin- mm-hmm. infinite times. 
Um, I, I mean, Misty might have been at her mistiest this episode. The 30 seconds high stakes manipulation game she played on Coach Ben, where she was just like a lock picker, desperately trying anything to open those tumbles mm-hmm. and get the results she wanted. I, oh man, it, uh, it's pathetic and it's a lot of fun. And, uh, I'm a little Gosh. frustrated with some parts of it, um, specifically the Lottie parts. I'm really, yeah, like I'm curious to see where they go, but I'm frustrated with the character, I guess, because there is a definite turning point in this episode for that character, or there should be, and it's not addressed in any way. And I look, I, I don't think that necessarily Lottie wants to get out there to her friends and say, uh, I might be crazy and I'm experiencing these horrible things and I'm talking to myself. And I'm encouraging myself to lean into the darkness, but she kind of needs to at this point. Like all her friends are gathering. She knows there's something there, there's a doom coming about to happen here. She needs to say something to these people about what she's been going through. And and they need to be questioning it. I mean, when you <laughs> you have the the woman who was the girl who was sacrificing blood to the god of the wilderness or to the wilderness itself comes up to you with a cut open hand and a bandage on it you got to start asking questions like huh maybe maybe we shouldn't trust the lady who's probably doing dark sacrifices again are you making blood sacrifices again lottie we're going yes. to have a blood sacrifice intervention if you keep making blood sacrifices in this situation that is a perfectly reasonable question the thing is, it's like she I, I think they're painting a picture well of someone who is just very mentally and emotionally compromised. Like um, mm. she really wants in on this experiment. She doesn't want to stop it. So, yes, it would be healthy to, you know, say like, hey, guys, just before we go on this like retreat, just want you to know that I've been seeing Antler Queen again as my therapist and I'm off my med. Like, but clearly part of the breaks being off is that behavior. The fact that she knows better but she's deliberately not doing it because she likes this feeling and i feel like that's i don't know that's that's something that i def from the friends i've had that that i've had to have a severe kind of mental illness you know where they have like um you know full-on delusions and uh uh what what is it when you see something that's not there um uh hallucinations hallucinations you know like they had these these paranoid things um, I like a lot of stuff that she said, like rung true to my experience of like, you know, one of the things that they struggle with is the feeling that at their most authentic, you know, they're at their most authentic self when they're like on that manic spiral going up like, oh, my God, this is what, you know, I, I feel like I'm full of energy and I'm super creative and I'm blo-. and, you know, um, I felt like Lottie was saying all those things. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm like, you know, I know I'm not, I know it's not healthy and I know it's probably bad and people might get hurt, but God damn, I do miss the power and the freedom and the connectedness I felt when I wasn't medicated or I wasn't under treatment. And um, so, yeah, yeah, that kind of like her sabotaging herself because she wants to get back to that place and all of her friends coming back. It, it felt pretty realistic to me. Yeah, well, her friends need to question things a little bit more. Um, yeah, and in some ways, like, it's it's kind of 
it's kind of working out for them. Like, I get the feeling that Lottie would be a good therapist if she weren't clinically insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? And offer meds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If she wasn't having these horrible visions, if she wasn't connected to some evil darkness, she might actually have something to offer to these people because the therapies that she puts these, uh, that she gives to these characters all kind of seem to work a little bit. Yeah. You have Shauna having sort of a breakthrough or at least like a breakdown, which is like a first step to a breakthrough, I would say. Uh, You have Misty, who may or may not be on the right path here, but at least she's thinking about herself and her motivations. Um, These therapies might actually work if she weren't also haunted by evil. Yeah. Uh, You know, that's the thing is like that... um some of this stuff seems like kind of new agey and cringe to me, but the act for a mm-hmm. lot of people, uh, if you just got together in some kind of community experience and, and put something other than yourself and social media, uh, to the forefront for a while, it probably would make you feel a, a million times better. Oh yeah. You know, like long term, I don't know what the future of, 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 uh, you know, staying around the, the purple people cult and making, uh, honey and, and all that. But, but but yeah, there's there's probably some, and I I I I keep going back and forth about like how much therapeutic value versus how much of this is hogwash versus, mm-hmm. and also there's some uncomfortable things where I can't help but draw a comparison between Lottie inviting Shauna to let her paint out on her and her making that same invitation to Lisa and Nat, and it's like what if Lisa had taken her up on that? Has anyone ever taken her up on that? And did mm-hmm. it go the way it went in the cabin back in the woods in 1990, uh, 1996, 97? Uh, I think that stuff is really interesting. Really complicated storytelling. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, and I, it's, it's, it has me, you know, like so many other things in the show, like going back and forth about like, you know, until like two or three episodes ago, I was like definitely anti-Lottie. And then I'm like, you know what? Pro-Lottie. And now I'm like, ooh, reluctantly pro Lottie but also yes this is all hmm. going to end terribly uh, yeah. unless unless someone puts their hands on the train brake and I don't, I don't think anyone's going to yeah who would alright uh, well maybe it's time we got into the recap oh, a couple of general things uh, hmm. the title burial I thought that was pretty clever you got any you, that, did, did I you, mean obviously the baby is the, the baby's corpse is buried I what else but burial they're, but they're also going with repressed feelings and like burying okay. like yeah. experiences and trauma deep down and mm-hmm. uh i i wonder how effective either one of them are going to be uh and then finally the description for this episode oh yeah is coach scott does a great carl havoc impression for an unimpressed misty now if you don't know carl havoc was a character on this, this crazy sketch show on netflix called i think you should leave by what Tim Tim Robbins Robinson, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Carl Havoc is uh, this this skit where this uh, um, I don't know like a prank video guy puts on this enormous like fake rubber face like Mission Impossible face and this crazy outlandish clothes and this muscle suit and he's supposed to go into a food court and you know just cause chaos you know knock people's trays off and just be a loud asshole and mm-hmm. he gets there. <laughs> And the guy has inside the suit has like this existential breakdown where he's like, oh, I, I got I got, you know, it's like I, it's, uh, I got too much shit on my face and I don't know what I'm doing here. And I just I don't want to be around anymore. And the guy's like, do you do you, do you not want to be alive? I just don't want to be around anymore. 
I thought that was such a f- hilarious sp- specific reference, especially <laughs> down to the I got too much shit on my face. I want to rip all this shit off uh-huh. my face with coat shaving. Yeah, he had to get all this yeah. shit off his face. Bravo, <laughs> bravo! And I, and I can't wait till season three of I Think You Should Leave. Yeah, it seems like a weirdly modern reference for this show, but sure, it's just in the description. It's not even really in the show, so. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's their all their descriptions are very meta. It's kind of mm-hmm. like in, in a Rick and Morty way, where it's like almost like the fans of the show are watch or like kind of writing these sassy, you know, ironic descriptions, like very mm-hmm. reverent. Uh, but but you're right, like a lot of the stuff that they do in reference is more '90s. Yeah, sure. Uh, but th- that's fine. Whatever. The wilderness is the space between the ads. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't freeze to death. Come back to our coverage of Yellow Jackets. Okay, now we can recap. Okay. Uh, we start off in 1996. Everybody is snowed in the cabin. Uh, they're all moping. Nobody's talking. Shauna is refusing to... Eh, probably refusing to eat, but definitely refusing to drink after losing her baby. Lottie notices that the so- snow stopped. They pull the door open. Everybody's able to get out. And Ty invites Shauna outside for some fresh air, but... I mean, she does get some fresh air, but as a side effect, she's able to lay her baby to rest. Did and she build the stone carn over a natural geothermal vent? Oh, no. It's going to steam she, this baby she, to perfection. She did a paleolithic crockpot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next episode, middle of the night. What's that smell? It's delicious. It smells like veal sous vide for 17 <laughs> I was hours. Say, what are they going to do with the next body? <laughs> They're going to put it in a bag and try and throw like, it into the these lake. These are the most the reluctant cannibals. They're like, look, look, mm-hmm. I, we try to not eat these people, but the wilderness keeps cooking them. What, what are we right? to do? What are we to do? Just spit in the wilderness's face? I, I like mm-hmm. how the, um, the bee yellow jackets have that exact conversation later in the episode. They do, yeah. Which is but, is kind of ominous. I mean, knowing sort of where this goes, right? It's it's pretty yeah. ominous conversation. I know we've asked ourselves a lot about like how deep we are in the winter, but it feels like we're still deep in the winter. This yeah. isn't like close. This to feels spring. like February, maybe like early maybe February. January, like like this because it was days. The snowstorm lasted for days. Mm-hmm. That was kind of wild yeah. that uh, they didn't go out at all for three four days. To, How to the extent full that the door froze are the shut. buckets? That's exactly what I'm wondering. You know, there's Mario mm-hmm. here dripping and sloshing and flow because, like, how? <laughs> of course, now they also don't have anything to eat. Fair, fair. But just, I thought they'd open up the front door just to make sure it doesn't freeze off. Because when I see these four kids pulling on this door handle, like in a big chain, I'm like, how is this hundred year old door going to stand up to? You know, all these healthy teenage athletes yanking on it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was expecting the doorknob to just snap off and then they're just stuck in there. But yeah. it didn't happen. Nope. 
uh they're able to get out i mean they were never like truly snowed in they could have always broken a window and gotten out or something but i guess i like just thought it was you weird that they didn't that. keep keep like a, a path open you know mm-hmm. like hey every couple hours someone go out there scoop some door snow away from the door make well, sure there's a path they're, through the shitter they're a bunch of teenagers uh they've probably never lazy, been snowed in before lazy <laughs> no. fucking bum from jersey no, no not way. lazy dumb dumb ah <laughs> inexperienced ah. let's say gotcha I did like how they portrayed the girls as desperate for fresh air. It's like when that door cracked open, they're like, because <gasps> it must have smelled close mm-hmm. with with the overflowing buckets and just the funk, the incredible funk. And that's yeah. all also warmed by a fire, an open fire the mm-hmm. whole time. Yep. It's probably pretty bad in there. Uh, and a, a, a baby, a baby wrapped in fur for four days. Yeah. I don't know how fast corpses decompose in uh, the open air, croc- but you, there's 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 not enough crockpot in the world to make that meat okay, right? Probably not. Oh, yeah. Ah, well, what a waste. Uh, there's a really good track here, "Something in the Way" by Nirvana. Uh, this very like melancholy, like desperate kind of song, uh, really just set off that whole mood for that scene i i really like that needle drop too um it it did like just like man it just felt like it's just such a low ebb everyone is bumming so hard Mm -hmm. uh what did you think of shauna's place to put the baby um the placement i didn't think much of is there something to it well, I was just there's uh I was worried that there weren't she just like put a single layer of rocks over it. I'm like, is that enough to keep wild animals from disturbing the remains? I don't think so. I don't know if the show what the showrunners hmm. know about this kind of stuff though. Especially when you have Secondly, crystals of corpse disappearing this episode, right? Right. That's very interesting too. Um and I also wondered if, like, if you have any kind of marker, are they, are, is there going to be a scene where they come back for this later? Or is there, because, like, the other thing is, like, Shauna also said something to the baby. She says, it's you and me against the whole world. Mm-hmm. Is she going to just have this, like, spirit relationship ongoing with, like, different dead characters? She's trying to channel Jackie. Or is this an episode where she stops all that shit and she gets on board with Lottie's cult? It, that's a very good question. Um, I was trying to decipher Shauna throughout this episode, both in the 96 timeline and the current day timeline, because I feel like there is there's obviously like a lot of baggage with her, her child who died, but it's affecting her in interesting ways in the future. She's she's kind of keeping, you know, her own daughter at a distance. And here she's kind of talking to this child as if it's still alive. Right. Last episode when it died after childbirth she was saying can't you hear it like still crying she still hears this baby yeah at the time i thought okay maybe this is like a metaphor or something but i'm not convinced that shauna doesn't actually think that this child is still alive in some way yeah the way she freaked out on the mall accusing mall of eating her baby and you know doing things that are Mm-hmm. I don't know misinterpreting lightning crashes as a baby murder song it's like uh, just <laughs> uh, you know I I thought that for the longest time too that, that it was what? not about baby murder but about a baby a, a baby being born and the mother dying in childbirth uh, oh really 
Yeah, apparently it's oh, not. I, no, I always thought it was a circle of life, kind of like an old woman dying uh, uh-huh. as, as a young baby's being born and like this whole, you know, circle of life type of deal. But yeah, I don't Is that a common misconception? Because like uh, uh, Cecily told me that she thought the song was about abortion. I'm like, there's like four or five huh. different like alt songs about abortion in the 90s. Trust me. But this wasn't sure, one sure. of them, I didn't think. Yeah, the Verve Pipe took a took a hit at one. I think Offspring did one. I. All right. Yeah. But um. Yeah. yeah no, that, I, that I guess interesting may, maybe everyone thinks this, and that's why Shauna snapped. It's like this is a a baby death song. Well, she clearly like between then and the current day has learned the truth about that song, which is that it's not right, well, about... or she doesn't freak out about it anyway. She's freaking, <laughs> right. She forgot about all that. Does post fight me and pre-fight me that was a pre-fight mm-hmm. me thing but i don't know we'll we'll see where that goes i mean she's talking to jackie she's acting kind of like this baby's still alive who knows that mood that they set with um something uh in the way was continued with the um the intro like the intro was a, a yet another remix of no return that was a little bit mm-hmm. more of a dirge yeah yeah i don't know who did that um, I felt like I might have been Alanis Morissette again, but then <laughs> the chorus sounded a lot the original. So, well, with as much Florence as they're using, it wouldn't surprise me if they brought Alanis in a couple of times. I wonder if I get Florence the the to do No Return, or has she already done it? I she, think did, she did it. She did it, but she didn't do it officially on a show. It was like a pre-show thing. Yeah, yeah. it was for the trailer. Right, right. Well, they definitely need to roll that one out, maybe for the finale. Hmm. That'd be cool. All right, let's move over to the current day where the new arrivals at Lottie's compound uh, give up their possessions and Nat explains why she's here and why they should be too because it's time to start dealing with their shit. Which, I don't know, man. You say it's time to start dealing with your shit. I think your shit is going to start dealing with you if you're not careful. (laughs) I mean... It's the right thing to do to unpack your trauma and deal with it. <laughs> and sure. for the for the 99.9% of us that don't have a dark, evil, the wilderness that's subverting the process, it's a very healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. It remains to be mm-hmm. seen if uh, this this wilderness is is a real thing on the show. It certainly feels real currently. Uh, I, I feel like they nothing specific has pushed it over the line for me but i'm feeling like more and more it is a supernatural force i wonder if there's a there's a theory that like um you know it's always chilling in the old exorcist where like the father's got the bible out and he's saying all the right things and the demon's like you have no power father fuck you you know it's like oh jesus you can't even get god in here and do that i wonder if like you know as we become increasingly secular you'll have that stuff with like you know like mental illness like hey i'm doing all the right things but still Mm-hmm. I'm fucked because you know, I'm just not because it's not mental illness or whatever. It's, it's evil well plus it's uh-huh. like you know um, there's a component of like individual's ability to apply to therapy and to make consistent progress and you know some people are, are you know they, everyone's got a different measure of mental and emotional strength all that kind of stuff and it's like some people just aren't going to make it like that that could be very scary in a like a, a postmodern uh, more secular world you know yeah, you have to. Because like we like to tell ourselves that as Americans, right? If in you know any if if anyone can make it, then everyone should be able to, right? If anyone, huh. yeah, it's American dream. If anyone can can get rich, then everyone should be able to get rich. But that's not how it works, and it's scary. 
Yeah, sorry. It's a zero sum game. Right. And this is that's <laughs> a system works working exactly as intended. That's a system working as intended, uh, which mm. is which is creepy. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back to ninety six. Ty is sad that the baby didn't make it, and she expresses that to Van. Um, Van's having a crisis of her own here, though. She's wondering why she's still alive. What's her purpose? She survived all this shit. Uh, this is really not going to work out for her later in the episode. It's tragic, but it's kind of like hilariously ironic that she's wondering, you know, I've survived all this stuff. It must be for a reason. And then she's just going to get cancer 25 years later and die. Dude, for what? I, for what? That's that's why I was saying like they I think there's some really great storytelling and the way they're weaving this stuff together that like if you if your mind's being blown I can see it at 18 years old got my face ripped off by a wolf my friends almost cremated me I fought back that and what to starve in this fucking cabin mm-hmm. and then to make it through that and you set yourself up and you got your VZ and you've got a measure of happiness and you're going to die in your mid 40s to cancer after you've beat all this shit and chased women and ate them and <laughs> uh-huh. you know like that must what be was a fucking yeah yeah it, it must be a wild thing to process yeah who's she gonna leave her videos tour to ty i have i blockbuster incorporated i don't know i don't know who what who <laughs> okay yeah who's re- the responsible owner in mid ohio ohio for a vh store vhs store in 2023 but also, um, it neatly answered all of our questions about like why is she so lackadaisical about the for finances and stuff, and uh-huh. answered questions the, about the pills. Oh, yeah, actually, everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And someone in e feedback suggested that, and I'm like, hey, I don't know, maybe. But uh, yeah, right on. Get all your internet points. That was a right on prediction. Mm-hmm. All right, back to current day. Um. The new arrivals pick from the big list of therapies that Lottie offers. I think Shauna picks self-care, Van gets foraging, Misty has guidance. I forget what Ty's is. Oh. Do you remember the name of hers? Yeah, I wrote it down later. Um, it's painting shoot. a barn with a makeup brush. Renewal. Like, renewal. Renewal, okay. Yeah. Nice. Did you, uh, did you notice this pattern of like people acting as if Misty isn't there? Like Misty calls dibs on forage and then Van grabs it from her. Later in the episode, like Misty brings up their time in the wilderness and everyone's like shocked and appalled and instantly shuts her down. And then Nat, like a second later, is like, well, I kind of want to talk about it. And everybody's like, okay. Like they really negate Misty as a person, even 25 years later. Yeah, some kind of residual, like, uh, pecking order, I guess, on the team. Like, Misty it's gets just, like, pick. instantly they fall back into. Like, Misty mm-hmm. thinks she's superior to them, and she's, like, the mother hen, and she's bossing them around and protecting them. But, like, they see her as just this weird, annoying, kind of scary person. hmm But, like, who do you think... Okay, as of right now, who do you think the scariest Yellow Jacket is? By either time, yeah. By either timelines, uh, God, they're all so scary. They've done a really good job making them all right, really scary in their own ways. Uh, to me, it's Lottie because mm. she feels like she's starting to to give in. She wants to see where this all goes, um, and I think that's extremely dangerous, both 
I mean, it could be dangerous for the entire world. I don't know how powerful this wilderness thing is, but definitely for a team. Or if it indeed exists, what I I sure. I feel like after this episode, I got to throw Shauna's name in the hat. Uh huh. Yeah, they made her a lot scarier this episode because she's the one yellow jacket that seems to kind of like enjoy it. Mm-hmm. She likes the violence and kind of seeks it out to get pleasure from it. Yeah. At times. Every like like dark tie is the closest, but she's like, I think the violence and creepiness is a means to an end, and there's something to what uh who was it? Was it Van No, it's Ty or no, it was Lottie that said that like, you know, that dark tie is maybe acting out and being violent because you're trying so hard to repress her and she's like fighting for her life. And that makes a lot of sense, but like Shauna just you know, you put together uh her stabbing her boyfriend, uh her taking her van back at gunpoint. And licking her lips as she's doing it, uh, and you, you you see her just like viciously beat Lottie. It's like wow, that's uh, it's a lot yeah. different of a, 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 a picture they're painting of her than they were last season, where she was just like, oh, she's just she's the housewifiest of all of totally. the, the jackets. Yeah, and I think that's very intentional. They were they were hiding the true damage that Shauna's had, the um, power level. And this is kind of the season where we get to see all of Shauna's, uh, you know, tragedy and, and anger and, yeah, the dark side of her. And she's also the most physically formidable of the group. I don't think anybody can stand up to her physically, uh, whether in the 96 timeline or the mm-hmm. current day. Maybe Van? Maybe Van in 96. Van or Prime, if she's not like you know shot through with cancer and on medication but like yeah Yeah, van was fucking pretty formidable physical physically too i think she could take her. she was but uh everybody the interesting thing is like up like she's a lawn chair she's can be physically intimidating to these other the other team members but lottie has this hold on her even right and i don't think shauna before this episode would acknowledge it at all she'd probably be very Mm. resistant to that idea um but there's something about this therapy she goes through here which kind of cracks a shell on her emotions. And I I think she... I don't know. There, there's a weird respect for Lottie that I think they're getting at. And I don't know if that's going to happen in 96 after, you know, she kind of beats the shit out of her. Maybe she's going to feel bad about that and start giving her more credit or something. I don't know. I mean, yeah, we'll definitely talk more about it later, but like a lot of that stuff that Lottie seems doing is like either intuitively or accidentally a great step to build like stronger links in your cult. Mm-hmm. You know, she's mm-hmm. like doing the right thing politically to increase her position and her the pe- the way that people rely on her. And like individually, it's yeah. like she's not working at wholesale. This is retail transactions, just one on one. Uh-huh. You know, what 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 can I do for you? I can help you sleep. I can repair your relationship with your partner. I can give you Pete. Yeah, I there's like and for Shauna, she offered this outlet and you got to think that's going to bind her a little bit. Like, how, mm-hmm. how can Shauna hate Lottie after this? Right. I mean, even if it's just a bond through shame, like, oh, I, I hate how I acted there. I took it out on yeah, you. Exactly. It's going to bring them closer. So. Yeah. toxic and codependent but that's that's still a, that can be a tight, very tight bind yeah totally so shauna gets her self-care therapy which involves taking care of bruce the goat for the whole day 
She's very resistant, but they are very pushy. It's either this or you can clean the shit out of the barn all day. The, the alternative like is see... not mucking the barn all day. The, the alternative is how about neither of these? How about or I just stand here like... and, and see make make you make me do it? Who mucks a barn all day? An eight-year-old? Like, there's a finite number of barn and muck to be, <laughs> like, this is a, this is, yeah, this is something you can knock out in, like, half hour. Uh, half hour? Even if, you're okay. the, nice. if, if you're the only, I mean, if it's a big barn and you're only one dude an hour or two, but, like, muck out all day, get out of here. Get out of here. Go go visit a farm. Uh, did you re- yeah. Did you recognize the goat wrangler? No. So he was one of uh, uh, Drummer's husbands in her poly, <laughs> oh, okay. her poly ship of pirates on the last yep. season or two of The Expanse. Yosef. Uh, now that you say it, yeah, totally. Yeah, if you just if you just close your eyes and have and think about your geometrical face tattoos, <laughs> uh-huh. put them in a space right suit, there. jump space jumpsuit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of joking about like how about neither but at this point she's doing it for nat right because nat had this speech to everybody like look i'm here it's helping i think it would help all of you can we please just do this for me for a little bit give it a good faith effort you know yeah so she if she said no to this she would essentially be saying no to nat and i don't think she wants to do that here and is nat is nat the one person is kind of good in everybody's hood i think so you know, like I, I there, if anything, there's a big beef between her and Lottie, but that would make her. It's like kind of like in a way the only Nixon can go to China, like her stumping for Lottie, the person who she's got the most wilderness beef with is probably mm-hmm. a pretty powerful statement. Yeah, I think so. Um, that that has all been all but been taken care of in the, the current day timeline here. So, yeah, I think I think everybody is good with that. I certainly am. Then we move back to 96. Coach hallucinates that Paul is here in the wilderness with him, kinda, or he's in a half wilderness house. It's hard to tell. The visions are getting very timeline blurry. Um, and Paul tells him that he's not welcome here anymore. Coach doesn't understand what he did to cause this, but he gets some clarity when he realizes that he's chasing a ghost and the girls have noticed. Couldn't help but notice when Ben walked out on the front porch, Coach Ben, uh, he had the antlers behind him. Yep. Coach Ben throwing throwing his uh, beanie into their, his cap into the uh, antler queen race. It's, it's fairly clear that this is just a marker of influence of the wilderness, right? At this point, like nobody actually thinks Coach is going to be the queen, the antler queen. Well, I mean, I haven't read all the Reddit threads, but like, I, I think it's it's definitely. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I think it's like they they got the horns they got the horns up there so Lottie can stand in front of them every once in a while, sure. but they can't take Might them down well them. just just at any time and someone comes out the front door. So yeah, but you also don't have to shoot from dead straight on. True, at that height for that character to line them up perfectly, right? They're intentionally Anybody? doing it. It's it's a matter of what it means. And to me, it's a it's a marker of the wilderness influencing people. Let me ask you this. What percentage of this scene that we see unfold uh, in front of coach was a fantasy versus how much of it was him remembering an actual conversation or an actual breakup that he had with Paul? 
because I kind of got I, the, a little flavor of like this might have been where Paul finally says like, you know, it's kind of like you're not ready to come out. I'm tired of this being the place that you hide like my apartment and you're not like it. It kind of mm-hmm. felt like that. But I also could see this and it's definitely played as like also you're like him trying to stay alive was him being in denial and yeah. making that. But like, did you, do you think that there was like a real conversation with Paul and Ben that went kind of like this? I think it's totally possible um, based on what little we do know about that relationship. But, but I've been reading everything that's been happening since that one scene we saw where he chose not to go to the wilderness. I've been reading everything after that as like a fantasy of his. Interesting. Interesting. But I don't and know if that's the correct reading. They keep on more and more tightly. Like it's like last episode, it was Paul's apartment with like the wilderness fireplace and Paul's apartment with the wilderness drapes and windows. Now it's like the wilderness cabin with Mm -hmm. Paul's lamps and phone on the wall. Yep. Um, I think that's really interesting. I'm not exactly sure what side of what scale they're trying to put their thumb on. I feel Um, like that's him sort of giving into the wilderness. Like everybody in this episode is urging everybody else to do. Well, and the, the VHS distortion effect started off pretty mm-hmm. subtle and easy to miss. And now it's like jarring and intrusive. I haven't seen this much VHS skipping and tracking since like the Blair Witch Project. Uh, do you mm-hmm. is that is the so is the VHS glitching the wilderness? I, I don't know what the VHS filter is all about. It's really yeah. weird. It's and he's I, I still is. think he's the only character like there might I don't know is that true is he the only character that's having these type of glitches it, it seems to be yeah I can't think of anybody else experiencing I, the I thought that maybe filter. there might have been one Nat scene that they did it on or something like that or, or like a Lottie scene does Lottie get the, the VHS static when she starts seeing her apartment as or her cabin as the therapist office I don't think so I think it's just okay. cuts hard cuts uh. I like how he resolves, like he smiles and resolves to be fine as the music goes slowly unhinged. You know. Oh yeah, his eyes like <laughs> bulge out, and he's got this really disturbed look on his face. And the soundtrack just curdles. Ugh. They they mm-hmm. they do really good, really good work orally on this on this show. Let's head back to current day. Misty's taken to her guidance therapy, which is actually just a float tank. She gets real nervous and excuses herself to go to the bathroom and then sneaks off. I like how Misty... What, so what's Misty's deal? She's afraid to be alone with herself because she just it, manufactures all the other concerns. Oh, I couldn't figure out the lock. There is no lock. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's just, a t- it's just a tank, you know? It's just... Yeah, I, I was trying to figure that out. Does she not like water? Does she not like darkness? Does she not like being alone with her own thoughts? And I think it's the latter. Um damn but i'm not really sure why because she seems pretty self-assured but is it real or no is it i don't think so because of all the you know uh, pathos we're seeing as a teenager yeah it seems like it's still even as an adult a carefully constructed facade that could crumble if anyone looked at it from the wrong angle so mm-hmm. and like if anyone knows it deep down it's got to be misty so and she can usually distract herself with something but in that flow tank it's going to be just her. but it's 
Right, but it's wild because her fears are totally unfounded. It turns out uh-huh. that like when she's alone with herself, she just has unlimited self-regard in the form of like her parrot Caligula. <laughs> right. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, every once in a while we have people write in and be like, we don't even watch the show that you're covering. We just like listen to your podcast. <laughs> like I, I like I like thinking like how those like sentences just drop. Like, what the fuck? Did did he say his parrot Caligula? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Is helping her work through her mental issues? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. It seems she she should spend more, uh, even more time meditating. Turns out, no fears, Apparently. no fears to be alone with yourself, Chris, uh, Misty. Yeah, there's some stuff they do with Misty that's real subtle later, but I'm we'll get there. Um, for now, let's go back to '96, where Misty overhears the girls talking about her. They think she did an amazing job with the baby situation, but only because she's psychotic. Mari thinks she probably killed Crystal because she's not even out looking for her. So Misty goes inside and announces to the group that they should all be out there looking for Crystal. Um, Coach and Lottie agree. And as the other search, uh, Pink Hat Girl and Jen, I guess her name is. Kind of. Jen and Melissa. Oh, oh, Pink Hat Girl has a name? Melissa? Yeah, Melissa. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Uh, They're kind of hoping that they find Crystal as a delicious meat sickle. And and Misty overhears that. Yeah. Uh, you know, not just just not because they want to, but like you don't want to mm-hmm. waste the wilderness's bounty, right? It's disrespectful. Right? Yeah, yeah, disrespectful. Is this yeah. how it starts? Is this is is Lottie going to sort of embrace this philosophy of not wasting the gifts of the wilderness, or is this going to kind of spin out of her control? Well, I've seen the season premiere of season one. I think the latter. I think there's definitely <laughs> going to be some spinning out of control. There's going to be some headdresses. There's going to be some hunting, uh, some pits and impalement. Yeah, well, uh, that's, some rotisserie. Yeah, that assumes that Lottie is kind of the leader of all that. Maybe that's her. That's maybe that's super controlled that. though. That's super controlled. Uh huh. There's rules, ritual. That's not. That's not out of control. That's not madness. That's deliberate. That's oh, that's structured. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's making order out of a chaotic world, Jim. And no, I, I'm I'm, this, I'm here for it. I support I support these women on their journey. So, so this is what I mean. Like, who's going to be at the top of the pecking order? I guess is it going to be Lottie, which it's looking Dude. more and more like it is, or is it going to be something that gets away from her and somebody else becomes the antler queen? And I think between the deck of cards dealing out chores and punishments and the line about the queens emerging each spring and having to duel for supremacy that there is Mm -hmm. going, I don't know whether it's a rotational type of deal where it's like, you know, we have ritual performances where here's the antler queen and here's the huntress and here's the butcher and here's the baker and everybody else is potentially prey. And we do, and I I don't know if it's going to be like democratic like that or random, or if it's going to be a struggle for supremacy, the way the queen bee I think it's going to be the latter. Um, but what does mm-hmm. Lottie struggling look like? Like, it seems like it's a very uh, Jesus turned the other cheek kind of mm-hmm. strength, which is formidable. It's, it's winning hearts and minds, right? Yeah. Not, nonviolent not resistance mm-hmm. is, is very powerful if you can manage it. And uh, uh-huh. it's more managing our image, if nothing else. Right. Right. <laughs> like, what do they, right. what do these people see me as? Do you think it's that? Do you think it's that cynical? 
Because I, whenever we've seen the interior glimpses of Lottie, she seems very unsure of herself and like as mystified that this stuff works as anyone, but also comes yeah. back to like, this shit seems to work. So, and, you and, know, and having she her is mind leading, chemistry. You know, she she's not like telling these people, oh, I don't really know what's going on. She might be having those internal doubts, but when she's speaking to the others, she's speaking very authoritatively. It seems like it's a reflex. Like, when yeah. something happens, she just, like, it's like, you know, she hears something whispering to her, and she just blurts it out. Rather, And then when someone calls her on it, then she's like, oh, God, yeah, maybe I don't know what I'm talking. <laughs> like, But, uh, like, when she's just in the moment, she just kind of flows into that position. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting seeing people resist this because she seems to be winning everybody over, right? I think the only person, maybe two people who are resisting right now are Shauna and Nat. Yeah. Because she's, she's basically won over Ty at this point. Yeah. So practically I don't speaking. Know where Although it goes from I here. do think there's a little thought, there's a little bit of uh, a rift in that alliance now because it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. Like Lottie, like the, I think the narrative coming out of this is Lottie shit out. Mm hmm. Um, I, and I mean, we thought that last episode too, and nobody was concerned that she that the baby didn't live, right? Like that she makes the statement here mm. that the wilderness gave us in this scene, the wilderness gave us what we want. Shauna lived, and I'm thinking that wasn't what you wanted. You wanted the baby to live as well, and the wilderness She's didn't kind of retconning it. Yeah, yeah, but nobody's pointing that out. Not even not Shauna, not Ty, not Nat, nobody. But like, I wonder if she's trying to say like deep down, like, yeah, it'd be nice to have the baby. But like, would any of us traded the baby and not Shauna? Because what the fuck? You know, sure. We got another sure. mouth to feed and one less person to feed it. And uh, no butcher. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who, who's going to pull the skin off our corpses now? Mm hmm. Apparently um, you just eat the skin. You just dive right in. If it's perfectly cooked. Yeah. I don't know. Lottie says a lot about the wilderness, but like, how does she? I, I also wish people would say, like, how do you know these things, too? But she'd be like, yeah. well, I listen. You know, I've spent more, I've spent yeah, more time listening, which is me. why I'm more attuned to it. Yeah. It hears um, us, we hear it, that thing. But, uh, man, who, the, the, the actor that's playing the young Crystal, uh, or I'm sorry, the young Misty, I think is fascinating because the way she plays this, like, she's like vibrating with pleasure at these girls finding her useful and like rely, you know, when Akila says like, man, uh, she was like a rock. I would have freaked out. I would have never been able to. And then like when Mari comes back with the darker, it's like, well, yeah, but like, isn't it weird that she's not worried about a friend and just watching her face and then her carefully constructed performance versus. Yeah. Like you see, because like these is this obvious performance she's putting on about like you guys. Now that I know we're all sad about the baby, we got to go find. And then like all throughout, and then her breakdown later on, and then but you also see her do a genuine emotional display. I, mm -hmm. it's really incredible work. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. And the fact that she's like taking parts of Crystal, right? Because Crystal was the one who taught her to act, and now she's doing that. <sighs> In order there's to cover a lot over of, the fact that she basically killed Crystal, it's there. There's yeah. a there's a lot kind of, of the talented Mister Misty in this. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely taking talented taking Misty parts Ridley. of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, all right, Shauna burns the blanket with the symbol and her blood on it as she remembers the other girls eating her baby, which never really happened. But boy, she thinks it did. Yeah. Yep. 
And good for her. Good burn that bloody cult blanket. Yeah. Get out of there. All right, Ty, Lottie, Misty, Aquila, and Mari all go searching for Crystal. Lottie asks Ty to use whatever power she has for finding people to find Crystal. She says she can't because she hasn't been sleepwalking since she joined those prayer circles. And she really hopes that means the dark tie is gone and Lottie hopes the exact opposite. Makes you wonder how Lottie has plans. Because like Ty's is saying, look, your shit helped me get rid of dark tie. Mm-hmm. And Lottie's like, eh, we need dark tie back. Yeah. So like hanging out with Lottie made dark tie go away. How is Lottie going to bring dark tie back? That's a very good question. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, how it relates to the current day stuff with Dark Tie being back. Um, yeah. Did Lottie have something to do with that? Or was that all like Travis inviting the darkness? In? Uh, dude, by the end of this episode, I was actually kind of shocked that Lottie survived. You know, yeah. if we hadn't seen Lottie at the, at the, at, at, you know, at the late last season, well, actually, no, early this season, mm-hmm. after this episode, I would assume there's no way Lottie makes it out. She's going to be the that catalyst that, was... like, transforms the group at, like, a catalyst. She's going to be used up and burnt into transformation. Mm-hmm. Like, just a beating she got. But, like, yeah. also, there's something passive and, you know, like I said, the, the nonviolent about her, her resistance. Um, but it also flies in the face of what her vision antler queen told her. Like, I thought that uh, where she's like, you know, of, of what a hunt without violence feeds no one. You know, that's an inherently violent concept. It was wild. Mm-hmm. Like, is the antler queen Lottie's dark side? So far, it's been like mm-hmm. the Laura Lee side of, you know, this kind of sunshiny uh, woo woo religion thing. But like, is there a dark side? And is that the antler queen? Maybe. Maybe there's a transformation body. You know, I know there's still like that's endless fascination in all the analysis is who's the antler queen, who's the antler queen. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was telling that they, when Lottie was literally talking to herself and affirming herself, what she saw at the end w- when like the scales fell from her eyes was the antler queen. Yeah. It's hard for me to believe she... it's somebody else at this point. Yeah. And, and I mean, the context of that scene is she's been talking to herself, right? She's convinced exactly. herself to let the wilderness in the darkness. Exactly. So yeah, seeing that is is kind of tipping the scales in that direction. But saying that, knows? like, if new shit comes to light, I'm I'll be happy to be wrong. You know, if the uh-huh. coach bin equals antler queen in theory turns out to be right, <laughs> then then f- fair enough. But all signs uh-huh. point to Lottie, except for the ones that are over Ben's head in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Past the shrooms. We'll be right back. All hail the Antler Queen. We're back with Yellow Jackets. All right, go back to current day. Ty's getting impatient with her therapy. She tells Lottie she's sleepwalking again and needs help. And Lottie says, embrace the darkness. Oh, boy. It's exactly what her dark self says to her. You know, you were never, Uh when Uh you were out there with those women, you were never more free. You were never your truest self. And, and, but the thing is, it's like, I do, I, I do believe in the shadow work. I do believe that that's like, you know, a lot of it's, it can be therapeutic to like make peace with uh, the parts of you that you've always been ashamed of or the parts of you that you've repressed or the parts of you that you thought are ugly or, you know, embarrassing because those are probably the parts that you do get like the fire in your, your, the, your belly, your, your strive to, to compete and to win and to improve 
um, and to protect and defend all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But like, man, are there? It's like I, I don't. But it's like there's got to be limits. Like you wouldn't ever tell a serial killer. Hey, you need to integrate. You need to do some shadow work. Or maybe you would. Fuck, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's weird to see someone as disturbed um, and have these um, this this background as Lottie dispensing this advice. Like, uh, yeah, at least sure. uh, you should uh, you should just punch Nat in the face. Or uh, yeah, Ty, you should. Uh, I know I know your dark self has sacrificed a family dog and uh, put your child at risk and alienated your spouse. But uh, uh, maybe you should just give her the wheel. Mm-hmm. No, it's um, it's not something you want to see happen, but it's definitely understandable with where Lottie's at. She's telling herself this. Why wouldn't she tell the others? And the maybe thing. if Ty stops trying to repress this dark Ty, maybe she can integrate. You know, uh, that's the dream. Maybe. But what's that? Maybe. Yeah. Seems. Uh... But I don't know how you integrate the, chi- the the dog sacrifice into an authentic you know yeah identity <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean it it really it really sets up an interesting i guess past future like what's going to happen in 96 after this how do they go from this group of girls who are you know stressed and starving but still kind of a team to this full on cannibal cult and and how do they come back from that when they get rescued? And I think that it's super fascinating. They're painting a picture where like maybe, and I look at Misty as kind of a microcosm of this and why she's so different from the others. Um, it's approval seeking kind of behavior at the beginning. And I wonder if that kind of carries through and as she gets more approval and mm. they sort of like, you know, Lottie encourages everybody to be their truest self out here in the wilderness. There are no rules. We're going to make the rules. We can, you know, let the let let's hear the wilderness and let the wilderness hear us for what we truly are. If Misty doesn't come through this feeling like that is like holding on to her truest identity, whereas the other girls kind of suppress it when they get back. Hmm. Cause they're ashamed of the well, things they've done, whereas Misty is not, because A, she's getting uh positive reinforcement from the other girls in a lot of ways they're saying oh my god look what a rock she is but also she might just be a, a little a little like more messed up than the rest of the girls right like where she thinks that the things they did in the wilderness are actually a positive and okay thing yeah i I wonder what role Misty, like what role did Misty play out in the wilderness? Like right now she's their kind of medic. Their you know, fixer, she's got, she's got a macabre. Of. Yeah. Their fixer. She's got this macabre fascination with like death and stuff. And it's caused her to really study it and pay attention. And, and mm-hmm. you know, things that people are squeamish about she's embraced. But like, what, what does that look like when they're all wearing headdresses? Like what, what role in mm-hmm. the tribe does she fulfill? Because like right now she's like this weird trickster demon <laughs> that I, I assume uh, she'll be the one like creating and setting the traps and like that kind of thing. Or I mean, Nat and Travis yeah. could be that too because they're the hunters. Because like Nat's the hunter and Shauna seems like she's the butcher and you know Ty Ty's doing like uh, she seems mm-hmm. like leadership material. She's going to be one of the dark queen struggling for supremacy. I, I don't know where how Misty fits in with this. 
I don't know. The time out in the wilderness might break her more than others because she feels and is directly responsible for everything that goes on out there, essentially. Yeah. Without destroying yeah. that transponder, there's a very high likelihood they would have been rescued. And so oh, that's the she's taking all of this personally, and it's got a much higher potential to just make her truly psychotic. Well, that's break the, her. the rose colored view of her, like, you know, the gray, the African gray, the Caligula view of like, well, you're a you're a closer, Misty. Uh-huh. Uh, you get you get things done is that like half the things she closed, she starts herself. Yep. You know, she causes these crises. Uh, to happen and then fucks things up and then fixes the fuck up. It's like, well, mm-hmm. that's not heroic. And I think that's where there's something inauthentic about the revelation she had about herself. Totally. Yeah. Or it's, it's a halfway. It's like, you know, it's uh, you, you're not, you're not really doing the shadow work because what you're doing is you're, mm-hmm. you're reimagining your shadow as light. And that's not, that's not how that works. No, it feels like the the other characters have like this one defense, which is kind of ignoring the pain that they feel. Misty has several layers of defense, and one of them is right. subconscious, right? She's built up all of these layers of her mental armor, and we haven't even gotten past the first layer here. Yeah, yeah. Like the float the float tank is is threatening, but not really because she's so well fortified against that's any self examination. Yeah, that's a good because yeah, like I does that is that her authentic self? Because it's it seems no like it's way. her deepest fear. Like she expresses the Caligula and that scene. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, do people just see me as this pathetic, lovesick murderer? And he's like, no, you're a closer. <laughs> but then, like. But she does seem like she's true. a desperate, lovesick uh-huh. murderer. That's a, you know. Yeah, that's her That's her fighting against the the self-examination. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, Misty finds, or, yeah, we're still in the current day. Misty finds Shauna in the woods. She lost her goat. They go look for it together. Misty makes some jokes about Shauna being a murderer, and Shauna gets offended. Surprise, surprise. Uh, they snipe at each other for a bit. Then Shauna finds the goat and the cult finds Misty. Uh, Shauna, were you even trying with this goat? No. How, how did she lose Bruce? Bruce is tied up 10 feet away. Did she just disassociating there in the woods, like just zoned out? I think so, yeah. I wonder what mm. she's thinking about. Is she thinking about her relationship with Callie and all this stuff and, and Bruce and... Is that what? Well, she's really disassociating. It's just just white noise going on inside there. But like, oh, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she is actually thinking about her life and how fucked it is. I it's 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 interesting that she legitimately believes that Lottie's going to have her kill this goat. That this is kind of like that that the old urban legend about uh, the SS officers you know they on day one their basic mm-hmm. training they're given a German shepherd puppy and then the last day mm-hmm. of training they gotta break that puppy's neck just to show how committed they are to the Reich right um, that they're doing this like this kind of cult thing and it's weird because like I that's why I think Lottie must go places because for Shauna to think that Lottie would institute something like that you know that that there's been nothing that Lottie that was suggested she would like kill have people kill animals to like toughen them up or something. If anything, that's like an anti wilderness thing. It's like that's that's not very much listening. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm I, curious I to was... see where it goes because there there is an element of sacrifice, you know, she, where yeah. she cuts open her hand and says, let this be enough that maybe it goes places where they are sacrificing animals and people and all sorts of stuff. And Lottie, the peacemaker, the the self-sacrificial lamb, the, the Christ-like one is going to turn into like something more vengeful hmm. or darker because like, I, cause I, I was like, that's like what Shauna expresses is something that like someone who doesn't know Lottie except by reputation would think about her cult, you know, okay. yeah. like, Oh, Oh my God. They were, those girls are out there in the can of the, you know, it's like, Oh my God, they, and it's just judging by what I know of Lottie so far. That right. like that you would think that she's going to like have you torture an animal to death at the end of it, but like either that is an element of Lottie that we haven't seen yet, mm-hmm. or Shauna's projecting. Yeah, because she has a real breakdown. But 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 also I think it's a, this is the one of the things that doesn't really connect with me is they're definitely trying to connect the her feelings about the goat with her feelings towards Callie. That like mm-hmm. I can't allow myself to care for this very cute goat, um, and then even even in a way of self as a self care because I am afraid to take anything in like that because I'm afraid to be a mother. I'm afraid everyone that I care about will die. But like mm-hmm. I I didn't quite feel like they made that point to my satisfaction. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think this episode 100 percent nailed everything it was going for. But there's something un- inauthentic the on about what Sha- like Sean was expressing and feeling, I thought. But I don't know. There's probably going to be a lot of people in feedback. Take me to tax for that. But yeah, it, f- it felt like the episode was trying to do the heavy lifting for what the acting should have been doing in those scenes or, mm. or what the I guess they were using the multiple timelines to do the heavy lifting, whereas I felt like they should have used both timelines to that effect. I, I didn't agree. really see it in this timeline, this current day timeline. She's just given a goat. She's out in the woods and suddenly she's breaking down about Callie. It didn't. Yeah, it I've didn't seen, all connect perfectly. I, I, I've seen genuine. That's the thing is like there's been so many times where you've got you got genuine displays of emotion juxtaposed with acting, you know, and then sometimes mm-hmm. like in the police station last week, we saw her do both. We saw her tell a version of the truth. Uh, an emotional truth to kind of sell the overall lie she was sell- saying and like I felt like a lot of her talking about the goat felt like the latter more than like a genuine thing yeah but also it could be that like you know Lottie does have a bunch of sacrificial blood tests that she puts people through and we just haven't seen that yet it could be uh, let's go back out to the woods in 1996 where Misty pretends to be too sad to search for Crystal. So Akila sends her back to the cabin. Misty heads straight for the cliff where Crystal fell to her death. Um, And then we just kind of see Coach fall in the snow and get back up. Yeah, it's a weird connection they made between uh, Coach Ben's scene and the uh, Shauna because it kind of goes like blurry vision and then coalesces back into the meat shack. I don't... Mm -hmm. I I thought that was weird how they connected those. Um... I really like this episode has some of the worst fake snow I've ever seen. Like this shit is styrofoam. It's literally like they took styrofoam and broke it up. It's It's very bad. You know what it is? It's it's like when you go to fucking Michael's or something and you're you're buying the bad Christmas uh, garland and it's dusted with the snow, the fake snow. It's flocked. Yeah. Yeah. And 
they just used a whole bunch of that. It looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, they've done a decent job with it so, thus far. I, don't, uh-huh. I, I guess they've... And then there's also the idea that, like, this is drifted four feet, five feet up in the cabin, and Sean is just walking down a path, and the snow's not even <laughs> sure. ankle deep. Like, yeah. no. But I, what are you going to do? Have the girls fashion 20 pairs of snowshoes? Um, right right spend spend three days digging out their paths like i i get it but it it does it did take me out there's a lot of sloppy snow work yeah it's unfortunate because um, especially in that scene where a coach falls i'm just like ah, oh, it's so bad i want to go i want to go go back to the previous scene with misty um i thought it was there was a really interesting reaction that misty had because misty seems to suffer in the illusion that the other yellow jackets think that they're perfect because that was like Misty's mm-hmm. weapon that she reaches for. She's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, well, you act like you're so innocent. And like, you know, Shauna just fixes her with his glare and's like, I know I'm not innocent, Misty. And like Misty seemed like very taken aback. Like that was a new thought to her that like everybody else might have like, yeah, we know we've done terrible, repugnant shit. And we just kind of like processed it where we I it's like I don't know that Shauna would describe herself as a good person it sounds like she seems sees sure. herself as a very damaged person where like Misty's still trying to cling to like nope I'm actually normal and healthy and strong and I don't have yeah none of mm. this this these are all deliberate choices that I'm making none of it's repressed trauma yeah which you know stands out as a marker of actually being the most damaged person there yeah all right we go over to Shauna who tries to get Jackie to talk to her uh, of course, Jackie's not there. She's talking to a corner of the of the meat shed, and she just she gets her cry on out there. Yeah, Kinda she really loses her, really loses her shit. Do you think Jackie's ever going to return now that she's been eaten? I don't know. I was trying to think what it says that Jackie won't come to her in a vision here. Um, I, what they're trying to paint is a picture where Shauna is all alone, right? Because like she yes. was sort of getting a little bit of comfort from Ty and then Ty during childbirth was chanting along with the rest of them, right? She right. has no one she can lean on, no one she can talk to. Um, and, and now Jackie is gone, but I don't know what that says about her. Like, why can't Shauna summon Jackie in this scene? She's not. She doesn't have that good of an imagination. She can take a corpse <laughs> okay. and pretend that uh-huh. it's <laughs> with terrible makeup and pretend it it looks good. But she she can't, forgot what Jackie even looked like. She, she can't conjure something from nothing. I I, I think yeah. it's interesting because like I they it, they could be suggesting that Lottie's unconventional therapeutic approach in the cabin is going to work, and like Sean is just going to like you know. I'm, or we're going to jumpstart the griefing process and we're going to get you through all five stages with this like display of violence. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to purge you. You know, you don't have to worry about you moping and starving to death. You're just going to, you're going to get, be ready to go. And I guess I'm going to be looking to see like, if I see any like dream sequences or fantasy sequences of Shauna, like talking to Jackie, why she's nursing her baby. I want to be like, Oh no, she's still, still crazy. Which I think uh, I already know the answer to that because I've seen her in 2023. So. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that the Lottie therapy is going to be super effective. I mean, it would maybe it'll get some anger out, but my God, would it induce some shame? Mm-hmm. You got to no, feel I, bad about what you do to Lottie yeah. in that scenario, right? 
Which might be the effect that Lottie subconsciously wants. She sees that uh, yeah, give her power she's got this over this non-believer Shana. that I have no in over, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go all in. And and yeah, if she feels guilty or ashamed, then even better. That's that suits me. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so sleazy. I hate it. All right, current day, Shauna tries to get uh, someone to examine her goat after it apparently ate a shitload of rope. Uh, but nope, it's her responsibility. So she decides, I'm going to take this up with Lottie. And when she does, she has an emotional breakdown over how she's treated Callie all her life. Seems like this therapy is getting through to Shauna. I thought it's funny how she's like, look, I know you said a goat is in my care, but it just ate like 12 feet of rope. You took my phone away, so I can't look up on Google. I don't know that that's unhealthy for goats, but all I'm going off of is old cartoon memories. And I'm like, that... Uh-huh. Because I, I clearly remember this Reading Rainbow episode that horrified me as a child where LeVar Burton is in this cafeteria that's manned entirely by goats and he's ordering lunch and they're giving him things like he's like, well, I'll take the blue plate special. And the goat gives him a blue plate and they're and the, the other goats are like eating tin cans and rotten tomatoes and all this other crazy shit. And the reason I was horrified is because the goat makeup, the goat people makeup just looks they look like monster people. And they got little hoof hands and it's just it's all it's all fucking crazy. Oh my God. Uh, so, yeah, I always got the idea that like goats can literally eat anything. Mm-hmm. But is that true or is that like, oh, salamanders are regenerated by fire because when we go out and stir up the cools in a fire, a lot of times salamanders come out because they came in trying to get warm. But we oh. think fire is like it's like is what? Yeah. Can, can, can goats really eat 10 fucking cans? I, can eat it, ceramic plates? LeVar Burton, did you lie same. to me? <laughs> I've assumed the same as well. I, I, I don't know if it's healthy for them to. I guess I'm with Shauna here. Like, I've definitely seen them do it and not just in cartoons. Yeah. I think everybody knows that goats can eat tin cans. They can chew up. Well, and I've heard that know, they preferentially eat like and... poison ivy. Like if you have like poison ivy on you, you're supposed to get a goat because they love eating poison ivy. So it's like, is that reputation for them eating inedible plants? Then it's like, oh, they'll eat anything. Right, right. Oh, you got car tires you want to dispose of? Go for uh, it. That listeners, it. if you own a goat and you've seen it eat a tin can, we want to hear from you. Yellowjackets at ballmove.com. Mm-hmm. So many goats. People own goats. You know, What do you need to muck a barn when you got goats? Just have the goats eat it. It's true. True. Right? True. Put some salt and pepper on it. They'll just eat it up. <laughs> God. Uh... <laughs> that's a horrible mental image question Mm -hmm. um when shauna was going on and on about uh i feel feel like i'm so unsympathetic she's going on and on about how a real life trauma caused a rift between her relationship and her Mm -hmm. family she couldn't even bond with her daughter jesus christ (laughs) this woman won't shut up about it um do you think she said that like i was held my daughter at arm's length all her life out of fear that she would die or that she's not even real to begin with. Is this red meat for the like lost-esque alternate reality wrong timeline theorists that that like Shauna knows at some level be. that this isn't the reality that she's supposed to be in? Mm-hmm. I guess it could be uh, if you want to interpret it that way. I'm interpreting it more as like we're probably going to see the baby's corpse disappear much like Crystal's did. And then Sean right. is going to have to, like, question her own sanity. Might um, hear it crying still, the way Mari is hearing water trickling in the cabin. 
which uh-huh. is still what the fuck. Yeah. Am I hallucinating this? Did this actually happen? Uh, who knows? Um, and I think it's fitting that we haven't heard anything about it in the current timeline, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't actually know if it's real. Maybe this is all a hallucination. I mean, the Jackie stuff was happening only a few episodes ago. That definitely wasn't real. So who knows? Yeah. All right, Lisa talks Misty into the float tank where she realizes that she loves Walter with the help of her pet bird, Caligula. When she gets out of the tank, she calls Walter and apologizes to his voicemail. What a scene. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can I say first, before we get into the the very good parts of this scene, Misty apparently uncomfortable with nudity because she uses one of the loner swimsuits. Maybe that's why she didn't want to get in. The nudity. Mm. But she was offered the loner suit right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So Maybe she's afraid want... of both nudity and loner swimsuits. Because I'm afraid of loner swimsuits. I would I take would never nudity book, over never loner, loner, but I'm not a never nude. You're saying Misty's a never nude? Or maybe she's both. Maybe she's like, well, I really don't want to get nude, but I also don't want to wear these horrible li- mm. pubic lice infected swimsuits that these <sighs> Wow, you're really have. painting a picture here. <laughs> uh, I, I, um... I, I want to respectfully put forward that I don't see anything wrong with pres- putting Christina Ricci in a swimsuit and getting her into a wet tank and seeing her just fucking emerge from it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That was that that I, I, I like that. Um, <laughs> Bold statement. Bold. I also think that I, I like how she really made a meal of Misty easing herself into the water too. Like uh-huh. I just love how she just like you know like she's just like ah oh, like her hair oh god my hair is getting wet and you know then when the lights went out there was just like these flickers of hallucinations and stuff and then she's like oh I'm freaking out I'm freaking out and then the, I'm like huh I wonder where they're gonna go to this and then the fucking Caligula stuff and the Elijah Wood doing the vaudeville shot soft shoe. Uh, there's, there's something super. <laughs> amateurish about the way this is shot and i think it's intentional i think this is the cheesy shit that goes on in misty's head yeah sure she's is. like she wants to be a really good actor but she's not oh and so like there's this half-assed production going on in her head where it, the the entire stage is lit in is not lit it's in pure darkness you can't see sure. in the background like they're doing weird shit like t- almost totally obscuring her through most of it uh with giant birds dancing around her and in very cheesy like oh well they just took this and mirrored it and like there's nothing f- super fancy happening here it's all kind of low budget bad production yeah, amateur screen, hour positing but i don't know i've also felt like about the level of quality you get from like uh um uh, a big Lebowski fantasy sequence. No, that's that's. No, I take I, that back. I take that back. Yeah, but it's it's, it's well the broad it's the broadcast basic cable premium cable. This might be public second tier premium cable version. Of, this is the public of what access to version. There. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but but I like it. It makes sense for Misty, right? Because she's not as good of an actor as she thinks. She's not as stable and and fine as she thinks it's all of a piece 
I thought John Cameron Mitchell was a great choice to play Caligula. Um, he got, as far as I can tell, his start in the 2001 um, Hollywood production of the 19, or 1999 musical Hedwig and the Angry Itch. And I've seen him hmm. mostly play like, if you need to cast a millennial woman's bitchy gay boss at a blog... Okay. You got a Hannah Hovarth that needs some tyrannical uh, uh, Manhattan guy just, 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 uh, you know, uh, breathing over a neck. Or you got, yeah, like some Hulu show. Like that's, that's the guy. That's the guy. He might be, he might be your best friend. He might be a villain. Uh, I think that's, that's the perfect, that's the perfect gear that Caligula should operate at. All right. Yeah. I don't know this dude. Uh, I don't think I've seen him in anything, but you sure. Had to. Like you I nailed it. Like I said, I, like I know. Did, did you watch? Didn't you watch Shrill? That like eighty Bryant? Did you not that Hulu uh, show? I might have watched the her, first episode of that because uh, he was her boss of okay. the Ezine on that one, and he was the boss of I forget what Ezine that uh, Hannah worked for and Girls. Um, he's mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've seen it. He might have even been in like one of the Marvel productions, uh, the 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 Marvel Netflix things mm-hmm. in that capacity, but. Yeah, um, I don't gotcha. know. He's just got a like. I I loved him with the beak and the nails, and oh just her him. It, it's, it seems like this is also her id talking to her. Like I feel like she's mm-hmm. the type of person that would like read a Wikipedia article and be like, you know what, Caligula doesn't didn't get a fair shot. You know, I've done some reading, and it turns out that a lot of you know we we only got two sources from antiquity that says anything about him. And mm-hmm. uh, it turns out that a lot of times when people were making comments on b- poor governance, they they sexed it up with a bunch of, and then yeah, he's uh, that whole Malcolm, uh, th- th- what what the hell McDowell? That that was a whole bunch of slander. And Caligula's good actually. Like she seems like that type yeah. of like internet conspiracy person. I mean, they're doing a whole like roadshow tour of the controversial and potentially horrible people that Misty idolizes, right? Like Jack Kevorkian. True. And, that, and there's always like a, there's always a side to it that's like, well, you got a point, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, Jack Kevorkian, uh, he's the he's doctor doctor suicide, but like also, yeah, you know, euthanasia, got some complex feelings about that. Sure. Probably sure. an element of truth about Caligula too, as far as I, I did some Wikipedia <laughs> reading knows? of my own. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're definitely they're leaning into that, and I love it. Yeah, um, and then you you got the 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 uh, what do you call that? The telegraph, the Morse code message that was being sent. Yeah, with the, the phone uh, tones, I guess. Yeah, I think I think most people Misty would and... guess it if you gave them three three choice three chances, but it literally spells out "I love you." Oh, oh, they were doing actual Morse code. They were doing actual Morse code. Yeah, yeah. Dot, dot, dash, dash. I got it from the heart around her head. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. They they told they they use mini medium to tell that message. But it Uh was uh, it's cute because it's also like like like, I think at some level she would love to be proposed to in the form of a murder mystery. And like the fact that like he communicated this in code in her dream is just like, you know, shows how much uh they're they're you know how deep their bond goes i guess yep uh the also the other thing i noticed is she has memorized his phone number which is crazy to me it's like they're i don't know your phone number 
My phone knows your phone number. <laughs> oh, no, I know. Seriously, I don't know the anybody's last person's phone, phone number, number I memorize is my father's because he's had the same <laughs> phone number for like 25 years. And I uh-huh. that was pre pre cell phone phone book. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody That's else crazy. is done. If you needed a, a sign that Misty was not right in the head, that is it. She is memorizing essentially strangers phone numbers at this point well but she also does things like memorize her credit record in case she needs to roll tough on a hotel manager she's like the <laughs> level of preparedness she goes into relatively common daily interactions yeah mm-hmm. it, it, it made it made a lot of sense made Fair. a lot of sense all right let's go back to 96 where misty is unable to find crystal's body at the bottom of the cliff she does find coach though at the top of the cliff looking like he's gonna jump she tries various methods of talking him down. He decides not to go through with it when she breaks down crying and begging him not to do it because she doesn't want another death on her hands. Yeah. Where'd Crystal's um, body go? Animals? The wilderness? Animals? I think, I mean, obviously I'm looking for a, an explanation and I feel like, yeah, animals like, but there aren't you leave... animals. They've been hunting this area for months. There are no animals to be found. How could th- how could an animal big enough to take a body of a human being like a pack of not coyotes be spotted by hunting Travis coyotes? You think? And they wouldn't they wouldn't find the tracks everywhere. Know that they were in the area and be hunting them. Mm. I don't know, man. With no no game out there, it's hard to imagine. Would I, I eat a coyote? Eat anything if you're that yeah. hungry. I eat, um, and they I missed a whole buzzer. ass white moose for months and months and months until it froze in a lake solid. And so it's like there's True. the thing True. is, is like uh, there when we say they're they're hunting, we're, what we're saying is just two teenagers to go out each day and walk around half the time looking for Travis, half the time yeah. trying to keep an eye out for an animal. Like, I do wonder, you know, if they were a little bit better equipped and, you know, had a little bit more of a plan uh if they could do better but yeah like that's the most the, 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 uh is it possible is that a frozen lake or is that just like the shithole i think yeah the toilet is uh just a cliff i think it's just a cliff with, with i thought maybe that was a frozen lake because the other idea i had is like maybe the ice shifted somehow cracked and then re and like the body sunk in and then refroze maybe i'm trying to remember um, there's I know there's like a lot of rocks and stuff at the bottom and I'm trying to remember what yeah. it looked like before it was like super covered with snow. But it was also still, it would have been still absolutely frozen either way. Um, but yeah. no, I, I, the only thing I think is if uh, someone else came to move it or, or an animal or the wilderness. Wilderness took it. The wilderness made a trade. Misty. Wilderness doesn't do that. Misty turned her, snubbed her nose at eating her friend's corpse, and the wilderness, like, they have a strict, uh, it's like a five minute rule. You can't leave food on the ground for more than five minutes or it takes it back. You think her body's going to show up anywhere? You think somebody's going to find it? Because that's uh, what I'm worried about is that that's they'll find the most, it. I find this show frequently does the most interesting thing without any care to how to make it make sense. Like the legal jeopardy that they're put Shauna in seems like she's gonna mm-hmm. have to go to jail, um, potentially. But yeah. they also have the escape door of like maybe they can stick Jay uh, with this, you know, uh, the pervin on on uh, Shauna's daughter. I I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know because like yeah, like what what's the most interesting thing to happen? Is the most interesting thing to happen that like Misty starts hallucinating 
a dead crystal it's like a telltale heart type of situation is it most interesting nah. that other girls find her body because like the thing is like if they find her body broken at the bottom of that cliff I mean, maybe Mara says you pushed her, but I think most people would be mm. like, well, you got separated in blinding snow and you just walked off the cliff because how yeah. the fuck wouldn't you? Right. Um, but if the body's moved. That's the that's the weird. That's the 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 one I. Yeah, I don't I, I can't account for that. And is yeah. there going to be any explanation for like because Crystal or because Misty said she was overcome by grief and need to go back to the cabin and she turned out to go to. Uh, coach lookout and talk him off of the cliff literally threaten him bully him off the cliff uh, mm-hmm. but she left a ton of footprints and tracks and everything all down that like is anyone to ask like I thought you were going to mourn your friend and you had to get home what the fuck are you doing searching at the base of the shit cliff Misty I had shit I know the buckets were full <laughs> no one had gotten a dump so I just, I just dumped myself yeah I mean, why not we need to hide this body. We'll be back right after this. I think the lady in the tree is watching you. Welcome back to more Yellow Jackets. The thing that stands out to to me here is how she reacts to seeing Coach's deep depression here. Uh, it's not with a loving message, a comforting word. It's with a threat. <laughs> She threatens him. She's blackmailing him into not jumping off this cliff. That is not normal. That's not what you do. And the thing is, is I don't think she gives to the the thing that she finally lands on that actually hits him, which Mm -hmm. is what a, a normal person probably would have said off the top of the bat is the one thing I think is false. I don't think she gives a shit about that. I don't think she cares about the fact that she killed Shauna's baby and I think she just at some level still loves coach interesting see I'm giving teenage Misty more credit than that I'm saying that Misty does seek approval and she makes bad choices because of it but she but does she feel remorse for the things she that she does or no, that she not, feels not bad that she about has a line she feels bad about it she feels guilty and man I have a hard time stra- squaring that with her gleefully well I guess that's because, like, Mara is right. If she cared about her friend, she'd be out looking for her. But she also knows that she's dead. Yeah, yeah. So I guess she could still be sad about that. And, yeah, I guess that tra- yeah, that does track. I might be giving her way too much credit, though. It's totally possible. Yeah. It's just, I- um, it's, it's funny because she goes for the things that would influence her. Like, deep down, she's afraid that she's got this uh-huh. inner core that's rotten. And if everyone knew about it. And she's just desperately trying to find Coach's button, right? You know, when I, you die, I love gonna, where she lands. On I'm going to eat your ass. I'm going to eat your delicious ass. <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to I'm, I'm going to tell everybody about how much you want to fuck me. In fact, you got Shauna pregnant. You want to impregnate us all. I'm going to tell your parents you're gay, which is the one thing that's like fucking. Would you please? Right. Uh, Misty, would you push me off the cliff and then tell my yeah. parents uh, that would be honestly Ooh, you are Dr. <laughs> Kevorky. You're my personal Dr. Kevorkian. Uh-huh. And then she lands on the. I can't be responsible for two deaths in one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's a fucked up a palooza because they're both like, you know, the idea, like I get that he thinks that Misty's probably insane or he's got a screw loose, but him sa- asking her to push him off is a hell of a thing for a guy in his position to do. Yeah, I mean, he's he's down. He's, he's low, man. He's as low as he's ever been. 
just doesn't want to be it's around rough. anymore. It's got too much shit on him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and it's it's sad at the end of this scene because he feels bad for this person who a moment ago was trying to blackmail him, um, threatening him. It's yeah, I, I I feel bad for coaching this scene for sure. Um, not just because he's in a place where he thinks that like ending his life is a solution to anything, but because then he's sort of suckered by this girl or not, if not suckered, then at the very least he's like prolonging his own pain because she's feeling pain and he feels bad for that. But does she really feel the pain? I'm not sure she's misty. She might be acting. It's tough. It's tough to say. It's tough to say. Like, is she capable of like normal human relations? Is she some, is is there something off in that? Is it, is it, uh, the different things that she's been through? Is she, was she like this naturally? Um, mm-hmm. is, does she need to be under? Yeah. I, I have, I have, I have many questions. Or is she going to be like, you know, like some of these serial killers where it's like they appear to be sane, except for they just like killing people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to current day where Ty is ditching her ring, uh, out in the courtyard where she finds Van drinking. She joins her and they start making out. And then Van stops Tells Ty, I have cancer and only months to live. And then the rest of them show up and invite them inside. There's a lot of pent up passion in that kiss. Oh, yeah. Couldn't help but notice, like, when that thing gives, like, sudden and fast and hard. Yeah, I'm super curious to see where they go, like, once they get back from the wilderness. More, honestly, more so than to see, like, how that relationship develops in the wilderness because they've clearly been estranged for ages. How did that happen? Well, we'll see. Uh, and we've already yeah, kind of I, talked uh, about the irony and the of the purpose of her life in this scene, right? Um, uh, and her having cancer and all that. And the re- you know, like you know, Ty asks all these questions, like why didn't you tell? And she has very good answers about like you know what would mm-hmm. you do? Have your staff send me uh, flowers or? You know, you show up and then I have to see this yeah. face, which I don't want to see this like, oh, God, you're. But also you can tell that the van struggling too. like yeah. when Van says, you know, that I might have just months like she kind of breaks like maybe she's in a little bit of denial and she's she's like literally treating her cancer like the bills like, well, if it comes due, it comes due. You, mm-hmm. you wonder and this is all said in the acting. I, th- I think the actors are doing a great job here. God, yeah, and the channeling the young Vi and this uh, and, and room, and I know she had an advantage of the other girls who already were excellent, and that she was able to see the entirety of season one to kind of really tailor her performance if she chose to do so. But like, I think it's, a, it's another home run casting and performance, and them aping each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lottie tells her therapist that the wilderness wants the team to be together. And she says she's terrified and the therapist tells her to embrace the darkness. And that's when she realizes she's not been talking to her therapist at all. It's been talking to herself, I suppose for how, so like, so for how long, like there is a line a couple episodes ago where she says her regular therapist was on a retreat. Couldn't. So I, so like, 
that's and it. in last episode they pointedly didn't show the therapist's face it turns mm-hmm. out that they had shown the therapist's face in the episode before this but like i mm-hmm. was kind of on to like i wonder if this is a so when the scene showed her face i'm like oh fuck i guess we're wrong and, <laughs> and then, then 30 seconds later true. the antler queen is there i'm like fuck i get theories back on the table <laughs> totally uh i wonder for how long because to me if this has been going on for a, a month or two it mirrors the timeline of the wilderness where like Lottie started off fairly normal. And then uh, as these mm-hmm. things started happening and her medicine worked her way out of her system, like all of the visions and stuff started to come back. And it seems like if, if that is true, that she self-sabotaged, she mm-hmm. gave herself like some part of herself, gave herself permission to go off medication and to, well, I guess she never said he went off. It's just like her medicine's not working anymore. But I'm going to take that as that she stopped taking her medicine. And her therapist, who's been saying, yeah, no breaks, all gas, turns out it's just another figment of her imagination. Yeah. And they've been paying really good attention to how they were kind of unspooling this information. Because last time we said something feels off about this therapist. And it's not just that they're not showing her face, but the way she's kind of encouraging to her to explore these issues without the medication was strange. And now the way that they kind of lead into it in this scene where she's like, you know, it's, it's exciting, but terrifying. And the therapist is like, well, have you considered giving into the darkness? You're like, Oh no, something is really wrong here. This is either a very bad therapist or this is not what we think it is. And turns out it's the latter. They, they did a great job with that. I felt the ominous nature of their conversation before I realized exactly what was happening. Yeah, I just love that phrase, can a, a hunt that has no violence feed anyone? Like, mm. that's such a... <laughs> such an insane but cool thing to say. It makes me wonder, what is the context for that line? Is the wilderness hunting them? Is Is the wilderness the one on the hunt, or is she the one on the hunt? Or the fact that, like, if hunting is the way you feed your people, Mm -hmm. like, that is inherently violent. You cannot. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm just I'm just like trying to get the proper context because the wilderness might very well be hunting them and they got away by being rescued somehow. And now it's it's still been on their track and now it's just catching up with them. Still love to know the circumstances of the rescue and, and how that all went down. Um because we totally, also yeah. we, we know you, I, you mentioned this earlier in the episode and it, it jogged my memory that you're about like I you know at some point these girls all scattered to the wind now they're back together but like when did that happen and they, they gave us a clue a couple episodes ago where Ty and Van were talking about being at Shauna and Jeff's wedding which implies right, that right. there was a attempt to return to normalcy where it's like oh yeah uh, apparently Jeff and them got married pretty young and all the Yellow Jacks are invited and Mm -hmm. a good number of them attended so it wasn't like they got back from the wilderness and like Lottie went to Switzerland and Van went to Ohio (laughs) Uh and Taiza went to New York to start running like there was a period where they tried to kind of make things work as a group or they didn't completely abandon each other like what what split what did eventually split them up how did that go down yeah. or was that going to the wedding just like something that shauna tried to do to save the fragmentation and it didn't work hmm like i'm taking that as like well that's something normal you invite your friends to the wedding but it might be like oh god i haven't spoken to them for five years i should invite them to the wedding right 
it'd be weird not to and then yeah like what's the cut so i was thinking about this in terms of van's cancer what's the cutoff for telling someone who you haven't spoken to in a certain amount of time uh that you have cancer so someone who meant a lot to you but you just you've drifted apart what is the cutoff is it a year i think five years 20 years is, is probably a lot I can't imagine yeah. not talking to someone for 20 years and being like, hey, uh, I know we haven't said anything, but... Uh, right. That's crazy. <laughs> I got a couple months to live, and I thought you'd want to know. Uh-huh. Like, damn. Why did you think I'd want to know? We haven't spoken in 20 years. We're effectively strangers. I, I like that she points that out. Like, we don't know each other. I mean, it's definitely an ask for support, and probably unwarranted. Like, I, I know you don't owe me anything, sure. but... I really want you to say something nice about me or, you know, it's like that. That's what it would feel like to me coming back from 20 years and just being like, hey, I'm, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, let's go to Nat wanting to talk with uh, the team about what they've learned over the day's therapy. They're drinking and they just want to hang out. So Nat goes with it. Lottie shows up, tells them it's all time to go home, uh, but they invite her to hang out. And she does. And they drink and they dance and they reminisce, but in a serious nat way, not in a casual misty way. Uh, we get another Florence and the Machine song here that they're dancing to, which is, you know, upbeat and happy. And I think we're going to get another Florence song at the end that's less so. Yeah. Um, I think I, I thought the scene was really interesting because there's a lot of like just bad stuff happening like the fact that they're trying to get natalie to drink is kind of insane Mm -hmm. yep and then i thought it was interesting that like lottie is resisting this she kind of is and it's kind of half fighting but when they finally get in and the the free by florence the machine kicks in and they're drinking they're partying if you examine the girls faces and individual or the women's faces and in as individuals like there's some points where like i thought i saw ty lottie and sean especially i couldn't tell where they're about to laugh or cry where it's one of those Mm. things where it's like they're laughing but it kind of like there's something strange and i don't know if it's just me but i felt like there was this kind of like double layer to mm-hmm. all of of this and the song free by if you listen to the lyrics is not exactly a completely bubbly song oh no and it's about like um the relationship between like fear of failure and anxiety and creativity and how it's a push pull that like you know you feel mm-hmm. like a piece of shit it pushes you down and then but it lifts you up and it um i i thought there was definitely that there's there this is this on the surface this is like a hallmark commercial of you know girls getting together and spending girl time and they're laughing and they're joshing and they're drinking and they're joking but then they're also like barely containing their rage and their grief too there's and something it's all intercut it. with the the part of the scene we haven't talked about which is shauna beating the shit out of lottie in 1996 that too that too yes <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dark uh it is at least in its juxtaposition for sure Some of the funnier stuff that I liked about this scene is when Lottie finds out that uh, Nat and Kevin slept together. She's like, oh, what was that like? And that's like, well, he wasn't goth when we fucked. I, what is that saying about goth guys and the way they I fuck? See, I see how they I see how um, the goth guys are uh, publicly conceived to dance. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's uh, this uh, 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 something overly dramatic and yet goofy about the way they make love. I don't know. I don't know. Never fucked a goth. I haven't either. I can only speculate. At least they weren't goth when we fucked. And again, I just like it's another where Misty tries to bring up their, you know, like like Van says, you just want to casually reminisce about a time in oblivion. And then like a beat and Nat's like, how much? Actually, guys, let's talk about how much did you get? And they just freely start talking about their hazy yeah. and, and like, yeah, like this Misty just gets shit on. That's what I mean. Like they they don't like the way Misty brought the subject up. So they shit on her and then bring it up themselves. It's. Yeah, it, it feels very clicky, like she's on the outside, um, and the rest of them are more in sync. There's also something interesting where, like, Lottie's still trying to be a therapist, like, you know, as the girls are saying some stuff that's, like, toxic or wrong, she's trying to push back on them, like, you know, not, uh, Sean's like, I'm all for just burying this shit and forgetting about it. It's like, well, yeah, that makes sense, but these things are repressed, manifest in addictions and compulsions and all this other and illnesses, she just diseases right yeah Which van and triggers van she gets up yeah and she's like well you know there's a lot of research that the, an ecstatic state there's like you're feeling too much so your memories get and and uh she, she keeps on trying to give like i think this grounded therapeutic response but the girls are just not they they're they just nah, they're really encouraging just let go like literally just give in i think that they, they actually say that word like you should just just stop mm-hmm. resisting and uh that's dangerous to tell someone like Lottie. Yeah, totally. Um, there are some some interesting dynamics going on because it's not just that like they don't want to talk about this or think about it in those analytical ways. Because Misty definitely is. Like when I'm when I'm hearing Lottie say things like, "Oh, your your damage manifests in ways that you might un- not understand," she's like kind of looking at the floor, pondering what she's saying, and I think. That's the best indication we have this entire episode that some of this quote unquote therapy has gotten through to her. That float tank session has maybe like pierced at least one layer of that armor she has. Um, Interesting. Because I I don't think she gives this conversation the time of day two episodes ago. But now seeing Lottie's compound going through this weird Caligula experience she's at least thinking about the words that Lottie is saying. Hmm. I maybe about because like, I think that Misty would have jumped at a chance to get with the girls and drink. Like, oh, sure. the, the, yeah. the, but like, but, but actually letting any of it sink in, that's, that's interesting. At least that's why I was reading from her expression. Uh, the other thing that, that there's a little brief sidebar where Ty offers a hope to van and potentially us as an audience. Uh, cause uh, Van's one of my favorites is like, Hey, mm-hmm. I know a specialist at Johns Hopkins, you know, the, like one of the big swinging dicks in the medical world, like where everyone knows mm-hmm. that like that is, this is where the Their cutting oncology. edge stuff. Yeah. If the president Research needs is. an oncologist, you're probably going to go there. Uh, yep. is that a real hope or is this cause like Van dismisses it as bullshit. But if I had a wealthy patron that was powerful and offered me, an oncologist, a judge, I'd fucking take it. I would, I would, I would take that second opinion. Alternative, she can start cooking meth. True, she, she can pay refuse her own way. the offer. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know, I know you're so. I know. Look, listen, 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 Lottie. I know you got this honey thing going, and it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay. But as a person who's starting to dabble in drugs, let me tell you, there's better product out there. Yeah, uh, I've got some shit. It's ninety nine point nine percent pure. <laughs> Let's go to the poppies. 
fuck with your methylamine. Just go pot. Yeah, just go heroin, straight heroin. Sure. Why not? Uh, yeah, I, I hope it's a real possibility because, like you, I very much like Van, and I'd like to see her stick around. So yeah, we can only hope. And of course, this is where Lightning Crashes is playing, and it's less relevant to the current day stuff that's happening and more relevant to the 96 stuff that's happening or maybe relevant to the way they're both interacting here um, where Lottie lets Shauna kick the shit out of her to get her anger out and then Shauna goes outside, dips her bloodied knuckles into what I can only describe as a pile of soap shavings and foam uh, because the snow is so bad in these scenes. <laughs> at least at least it's uh, hygienic then, right? She's dipping. You know, those soap flakes are just, ooh, got to sting. Got to sting, though. Yeah, but they'll clean. Uh, hard to believe that Lottie's going to come through this unscathed. Uh, With all of her teeth intact? That's uh-huh. what I'm... Her jaw, her... Uh, Orbital uh, bone assembly lobe. Yeah. I don't know if that's a thing. Like, all, her face is just destroyed in this scene like almost as bad as van's was yeah and van has lifelong scars so i don't know what what the magic they're doing out there in the wilderness to repair her face but they did it uh they 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 was careful not to have too many cuts and that she did seem like she retained all of her teeth even though she she did she did not defend herself nope she was like late round Rocky Balboa, just taking those hits right to the face. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and it, 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 I was impressed by how long it went on. It felt like yeah, Quentin yeah. Tarantino in its overindulgence, where it's like when they showed like the psh- curtains of blood spraying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're they're they're. It's wild because I it felt like they were telling the story of her beating her to death. They, yeah, it really did. But you can't. She can't because she's obviously she's, she's alive in the present day. So or it's like, could she? So there was a moment where I was thinking. Does she Dude. kill Lottie and then Lottie just shows back up at some point? Or is this like the, the first real evidence that we have of a completely bifurcated timeline where it's like, oh, there's, there's that a timeline too. where people died and a timeline where people didn't and who's mm-hmm. on the right versus the wrong. And I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how. Uh, yeah, I. But they don't go either of that. I've given my heart to a lot of puzzle box shows lately. I got Silo. I got Yellow Jackets. I got Severance in rotation. <laughs> like the odds that none of them mm-hmm. are going to let me down are are very small. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I hope that they, to get they hurt. I, I hope that they they at least uh, the you know pull off some of these landings. And then finally, in the current day, Shauna gets an emergency call from Jeff, who says the cops found Adam's body. And the first thing Shauna asks, which I like, when she picks up this phone, is is Callie okay? Yep. And I think that shows you where her head is at. You know yeah. how effective this therapy has been on her yeah no she's she's taking a genuine motherly interest in Callie um, even when the emergency call from Jeff is almost certainly related to the murder investigation that she's currently the center of right but why would she think that she would probably like her first like concern would be something happened with Callie maybe well, around that's, that that's investigation a normal mother's but, reaction but i don't uh-huh. think that's a normal shauna reaction i think this is this represents Ye- a change in shauna okay right? yeah yeah I'll, I'll go with that i'll go with that um does this look bad on misty's actual knowledge of because she she held that the she held that the torso meant nothing remember she right. was they, like they burned the, the head cut, and the hands, cut off the head right? and the hands the torso means nothing 
I saw some people on the subreddit pointed out that Adam had like prominent tattoos on his back and I think chest. Oh no! Did Misty just not know about? And then like I'm just trying to think of next next episode if Sean is like Misty. You said the torso didn't mean anything, and she's like, "Well, did he have any distinguishing uh, birth uh, birth uh, marks or tattoos?" Yeah, he had a giant back tattoo, and Misty's like, "You didn't say anything about the but it's like, you didn't ask. Like you said the torso yeah, meant nothing. Yeah. Like what the fuck?" But yeah, I didn't think you. I didn't think you'd fuck a dude to tattoos. Like what? How is that conversation going to go? Because otherwise, it looks like Misty just doesn't know as much about police shit as she is purporting, or. You have to ask a lot of smart questions if you're accepting her help on crime. Totally, yeah. Uh, and you maybe have to help her a little bit along the way. But what if what if his... <laughs> we don't know that he has a horrible back tattoo, but what if his horrible back tattoo is the symbol? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of mind-blowing I honestly couldn't revelation. tell that would be the most awesome thing that would happen or the worst uh-huh. because I kind of you know I've 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 been holding the candle for the theory that at, there is something more to Adam mm-hmm. than we know mm-hmm. and I, it's that candle starting to gutter and flicker out because we just haven't gotten anything from Adam that that disproves the the original hypothesis which is Shauna just jumped the gun or jumped the knife um mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know I don't know but I I can't see how Misty talks her way out of looking like a fool in front of the group yeah, yeah. i also I, thought yeah, it was interesting how like misty steel magnolia's monologue is was prophetic and that you know was about a woman losing her child and mm-hmm. the end of the monologue was i just want to hit someone and hit someone until they feel as bad as oh, i do right yeah and that's exactly what happens hmm um but I don't know, Misty got so a... Should Misty I got watch a, Steel Magnolias? Is it prophetic for this show? <laughs> I tell you what, you watch Steel Magnolias, I'll read the Magus, and we'll find out. Uh, there we we'll, go, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll both of us make one full co-host. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say about Misty or Shauna or somebody? It's probably not important. Uh, I, I thought it was I thought it was really interesting how they juxtapose the scenes of Shauna delivering a savage beating with the older women running around the fire in the snow howling like wolves. Yeah, you know back to that wild wilderness state. It's all set to lightning. I still don't know what set uh, Shauna off about lightning crashes. I'm not sure why did that. I'm not sure why Misty started humming it, but well, I think a, a lot of people think it's about. Uh, a mother dying during childbirth. Right. And so I could see Shauna being set off by that in mm. 1996. But that's like the opposite. That's what happened. Uh-huh. If you think Misty engineered a situation that's the opposite of the song, why would she sing this song? Well, I imagine any childbirth death related song would have probably mm. set her off in that moment. Yeah. And Misty's not going to be able to argue the finer points of well, you didn't die in childbirth. That's true. Yeah, and I guess did. it's in just in it's just in general bad taste, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, how the fuck did the cops find these remains at Hackleberry State Park? Did Misty just like like whose whose job was it to dispose of the body? Because Misty disposed of the head and the hands. Like, what kind of half-assed uh, job Shana did they do burying this guy? But I'm pretty sure Misty must have taken the body, right? I get it. I I don't but so it's like did she just colossally fuck up the because that was like what a week ago yeah it wasn't that long ago I don't think and the cops already found this random body mm-hmm. yeah it's bad it's, it's looking like a bad reddit's gonna have a field day with this misty yep 
Yep. Uh, the maybe she has Citizens Detective Brigade is going to blow this thing wide open. Walter can help her cover it up, I'm sure. That's where we're going, right? What is Walter? Do we see Walter's reaction to this phone call? Because the phone call started <laughs> so. off okay-ish. But mm-hmm. then by the time she got gets to the you hang up, no, you hang up, no, you hang up and laughs like a maniac. It, it, <laughs> does does Walter get that that's disturbed or is Walter disturbed enough that he thinks that's cool and cute? He might think that's cute. <sighs> Walter's Walter. Well, yeah. Yeah. What's what's Walter's deal? I don't know. I, I hope we Elijah get more Woods. of him next time because yeah. I, I miss Elijah Wood in this. I think he's a perfect pairing with Christina Ricci. And I want yeah. more of them together. Indeed. But that's uh, it for the episode. Yeah, man. that is it. Uh, if you'd like to send us feedback, we will probably have another feedback uh, special episode this week. Send that into yellowjacketsabaldmove.com with your latest theories, your thoughts, your opinions. If you have firsthand knowledge of what a goat can and cannot eat, we want to hear from you at yellowjacketsabaldmove.com. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week until next. Oh, I also want to say that uh, I'm going to be joining the Antler Queens podcast this week to talk about burial. Uh, that episode will be out in a couple of days. Um, and I'll be sharing that on uh, our social media at uh, twitter.com slash bald move and on my personal feed uh, when that comes out. So if you want to hear some more thoughts and opinions about the Yellow Jackets, uh, check me out there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yellowjacketsbaldmove.com and we will see you next week for the next episode until then I'm Aaron and I'm Jim later